Thanks, Darren. Suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them. A tongue rested on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Can you imagine if we were sitting here and all of a sudden a violent wind enters the building like a a tornado wind and fire begins to whip around the building and comes to rest on each one of us and then we began to speak in languages that were not our own. Can you imagine? The disciples had been through quite a time lately. They had seen so much. Jesus had died, then his body disappeared, they thought. Then he rose, came to be with them, spent 40 days in community with them. He fed them, taught them, prayed with them, gave them instructions for ministry, and then he left. Gone yet again, they watched him as he ascended into heaven. Following the ascension, they all gathered once again in the upper room knowing that this time they were called into action themselves, they began to pray. I can't imagine what that prayer time felt like, looked like, sounded like. Do you remember when the, the History Channel did the Bible series? They did the Bible and then they did A.D.? In, in the series, in the A.D. series, it was after Jesus' death and they portrayed this scene. And they're all there and they're in a circle and they're praying the Lord's Prayer and they're praying with a fervor that I have never known. And they're praying and the wind picks up and begins to whip around the room and the fire enters and settles on them as they pray with every ounce of strength, every bit from their very core. And then they begin to speak in languages that were not their own. The Holy Spirit had come. As Jesus had promised, the Holy Spirit was preparing them to communicate the gospel to people all throughout the world. The Holy Spirit was preparing them for things that they had never even thought of. This passage about Pentecost, about the birth of the movement that would become the church, overwhelms me because I put myself in their place. What if I, in this moment, began to hear the roar of the wind as it came? And then what if the doors blew open and the Holy Spirit of God filled this place? I would probably tap out. <laughs> I would be out that door or that door. That, whew. I would have been overwhelmed had I seen any one of the things that they saw. They saw their Savior tried and crucified right before their eyes. And then they saw him gloriously risen. They touched the scars. He fed them. They spent precious 
days together. And then they watched as he ascended into the heavens and the sky opened to receive him as he re-entered the glory that he had himself created. What? That is our God. Any one of those events would have done me in. Any one, and they had seen it all. I would have been looking for my replacement disciple. <laughs> I would have been going up to people, hey, so do, Linda, I've been hanging out. No, all right, you've heard about it. All right, Mary, do, no, all right. That would have been me. But what did the disciples do? Peter burst from the house. Burst from the house like Sylvia. Burst and said, you have to know about this Jesus of mine. You have to know this way of salvation. He reminded them that this had been foretold. That the prophets had spoken of these very events. And the faithful go on to preach and to heal and to minister in the name of Jesus. They go forward, empowered by that Holy Spirit wind of change to begin the work of the church, the work that we participate 2,000 plus years later. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Have you ever felt filled with the Holy Spirit? Probably not the same way that the disciples were that day. You've probably never been enveloped with a thunderous wind while tongues of fire danced over your head. And if you're like me, you're probably okay with that. <laughs> Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit confuses us. We don't really know what to do with him. He's like the third tenor. Like he's up there, but nobody really knows his name. We don't know what to, what to do with the Holy Spirit. We wonder about the Spirit's movements. We read in Scripture that he hovered over the waters at creation, just as present as God and Jesus, that he descended upon Jesus at baptism in the form of a dove and then took on and was encompassed by the winds and the flames of Pentecost. But we don't know what to do with that sometimes. How often do we really think about the Holy Spirit of God? How often do we consider what the Spirit is calling you to do? Do you have conversations with the Holy Spirit? My prayer life is, is kind of funny. I, I often pray to God, the Creator. I talk to Jesus a lot. And I often pray to the Holy Spirit when I need intervention, when I need him to come and help me. When I need those two by four to the forehead moments like, I don't know what to do here. I'm going to need you to show me or come and help me move. I'm going to need you to help me put one foot in front of the other. The Holy Spirit is typically who I turn to for help, for guidance, for directions. And, and sometimes I'm not sure that the Holy Spirit comes. Maybe it would be easier if he came with wind and flame. Because then we'd be like, hey, he's here. My Holy Spirit experiences are a little bit more mundane, less grandiose, often leave me questioning, was that God or me? Have you experienced that? 
Sometimes we wonder where the presence of the Holy Spirit of God is as we search to understand and identify the Spirit's very presence. I read a funny story about it once in a book by J.D. Greer. Greer writes, A friend once told me about a Christian singer he knew who rented a recording studio. After an extensive setup and sound check, she began to sing her first song, and about 30 seconds in, she stopped and said, no, 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 wait, he's not here. We need to pray. So everybody came in, and they prayed over her, prayed over the equipment. They anointed the equipment with oil, which made the sound guy real cranky. And so she said, okay, let's start again. So they started again, halfway through the first verse. No, 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 he's not here. We have to pray again. So everyone comes in again and, and prays over her, oils the equipment again. After a few minutes, she began to sing again and stopped for the third time and called in her prayer posse once again. And they prayed. And as they were praying, the sound guy noticed the reverb wasn't turned on on her monitor. So not thinking, he flipped the switch. She stopped praying. They began to sing, and she said, Hallelujah, he's here. And the sound guy thought, that's just the reverb. That's not the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the heart to tell her. Sometimes we try so hard that we're looking for reverb. The Holy Spirit of God is present all the time. All the time. The Holy Spirit of God is within us. And there are times that we try so hard because we want to see him or hear him or feel him that we keep coming back and coming back and saying, where are you, where are you? And God is saying, I'm right here. You just can't see me. Sometimes we're trying too hard. I remember when I was in candidacy for ministry, I said to my mentor, I'm just not sure if this is my idea or God's idea. And she said, would this have been your idea? And I said, well, probably not. She said, when you were deciding what you wanted to do for a living, when you were deciding what you, where you wanted to go to college, did, did this come up at all? And I said, well, no. She said, it's probably God's idea then. I said, I know, but shouldn't there be some something I was looking for winds and flame. And my God was saying, come on, if I give you winds and flame right now, you're not doing anything. Just walk with me. My mentor said, Charlene, I know you're looking for a holy moment. It's here. Let's go. Linda bought me an office for my sign that says, if you're looking for a sign, this is it. Sometimes we look so hard that God is just saying, I'm already here, let's just walk. We are surrounded by God. We don't have to try so hard to feel him or hear him or see him. Yes, God is a God of wind and flame, but God is also a God of the mundane, the everyday moments. God is in the face of of every baby. God is in the sound of your beloved as they sleep next to you. God is in the feeling of your grandchild's hand in yours. 
God is present in the wind as it blows across your cheek as you sit on the front porch. God is present in the tartness of lemonade when you drink on a really hot day. God is present in this place as you sit in your favorite spot. God is in the presence of nature as you sit in the midst of the world that God created and you enjoy the smell of a spring rain or the chill of a winter breeze. God is present within you. When the spirit nudges, not with furious flame and tongues of fire, but with just a nudge, as the spirit says, come on, just walk with me. I need you to show love to someone, my kind of love, especially to those that you find hard to love. God is present. God is present when you forgive someone just because you know you've been forgiven. God is present when you feel empowered to burst from your own shell. And God is present when you feel as if you just need someone to hold you during the worst times of your life. God is the God of the pyrotechnic display that the disciples had on that first Pentecost morning. And God is the God of Mondays and mundane. And always, God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. And where he calls us to go, we will follow. <laughs>